Hello, and welcome to the Golden Wheel Tavern. I'm glad you're here. We're having a bit of a get-together, with people from all over all of the realms. Don't worry, I've vetted each guest personally, and take great care with whom I invite to my tavern, especially in regards to their health. There'll be people from all over, though. We'll have elves, dwarves, gnomes, even some tabaxi gymnasts. It'll be quite the party. It'll be a true sight to see the different people of so many different lands all together. In fact, we'll discuss the different people today, and we'll start our discussion about individual peoples. We'll discuss races and dwarves today. One of the first things we have to establish is that races in this world might not fit what some people think of when they hear the word race. A race here is more than a culture, a geography, and a vast and beautiful history. While it is those things, it is also a difference between humanoid creatures that are not the same species per se. An elf is similar to a dwarf in a few aspects, but they have vastly different physical properties in their lineage that separate them more than the difference between any humans ever will. Humans as a whole are one race. The human race in this world does not distinguish between cultural or geographical origin, as they are so similar in the grand scope of the fantastic people of the world. While humans do not differentiate too much within their own race, certain races did branch off from each other at points that let themselves change in a significant enough way to create possible subdivisions. This is similar to how classes can have the same base for their abilities, but then specialize in certain ways, such as the sorcerer's sorceress origins. These subdivisions in classes are called subclasses, and so the divisions in the races are called subraces. This does not mean that they are below races or lesser than other races, but rather a finer minutiae regarding race. A good way to help explain this is to discuss a race. Dwarves are typically stout and hardy folk. Rarely do they stand more than five feet tall, but they take a wide stance and carry a powerful endurance with them. This endurance is more than just physical. They live for over 300 years on average with some even surpassing 400 years. This comes with an extensive memory of past events spanning centuries. They also tend to keep traditions very tightly, rarely allowing for change. They keep tight track of their lineage, remembering the fortresses their ancestors built back when the world was young. They are loyal and determined, especially to their causes, to the point of stubbornness. This loyalty extends into a strong sense of justice, which, paired with their long memories, makes them slow to forgive wrongs that haven't been righted. And this extends from just one dwarf to their entire clan. A misdeed against a dwarf might end in an entire feud with the clan as whole, which is exceedingly dangerous. Dwarves achieve most of their economic activity through trade of crafted goods 
or mined minerals. Dwarves are masters of crafting, so their works involving gems and precious metals are typically considered artifacts of great value, especially the pieces that the dwarves have imbued with magic. It is this mining and crafting that allows them to live in rather secluded areas, including living within settlements carved into mountains. They'll trade out their ores and gems for food and other commodities unavailable to them, typically relying on enterprising members of other races to be a middleman for them, especially as dwarves are not typically fond of boats. In regards to their social structure, dwarves live in clans, and this is the most important piece of their identity to them. Even if they live far away from their home, they will still invoke the name of their clan in their dealings, and can recognize members of their clan even if they've never met. A dwarf without a clan is usually regarded as the lowest of the low in dwarf society. As dwarves are a people of tradition, they typically fall into a lawful alignment, believing the benefits of an orderly society. They also tend towards a good alignment, believing in fair play, and that everyone should benefit from the ordered society they so strongly believe in. A dwarf can be motivated to adventure through their drive and want for treasure and artifacts, or they can be motivated by their clan. They can go to bring honor to their clan, or by the direction of a deity or high-ranking member of their clan. They may be searching for a lost artifact crafted by their clan, or to restore a settlement lost in battle to its former dwarven glory. The dwarven naming process is one of tradition and honor like many things in the dwarven culture. They are given a name by an elder of the clan. Very rarely is a dwarf given a new name, instead being given a name that has been used and reused time and time again over the generations, carrying the honor of all who had it before them. This weight of the honor of the ancestors is carried by the dwarf, such that if they bring shame to the name they have been given, they are stripped of their clan name and are forbidden from using any dwarven clan names or proper dwarven names in its place. In regards to the traits and abilities, Quite a few come from their culture and hardiness. A dwarf gets an increase to their constitution score, not their modifier, of 2. Their speed in combat is 25 feet, which is slower than the average speed of 30 feet found in most races due to their short stature. Though they are slower than some, they are not slowed by heavy armor, even if they should lack the strength to wear it without being slowed down. As they are typically accustomed to life underground and dark environments, dwarves have an ability to see in dim and dark places far better than those not accustomed to it. In dim lighting, a dwarf can see as though a bright light for 60 feet, and they can see the same distance in darkness as though it were dim light. In dim light, they can't determine color though, since it is too dim to see anything but shades of grey. Since they are sturdy and so resilient, 
they have a resistance to poison damage, and they also gain advantage on any saving throws against poison. Part of their sturdiness comes from training regarding combats. This is reflected in the fact that dwarves are trained to wield traditional weapons from an early age, gaining proficiencies with battle axes, hand axes, light hammers, and war hammers. While dwarves are typically trained early in weaponry and combat, they are also trained in the tools of certain crafts. They get to choose a set of artisan's tools from smiths, brewers, or mason's tools and gain proficiency with those tools. Dwarves take their crafts very seriously and it's fitting that from an early age they'd learn skills regarding crafting works of art. Since their culture is so focused on artwork and craftsmanship, especially involving stonework, a dwarf also has an intuition regarding the origins of certain types of stonework. Whenever they make a history check, using their intelligence, and the check is related to the history of stonework, they are considered proficient in the history skill, and their proficiency bonus is doubled, as though they have expertise in the skill. Dwarves will typically know at least two languages, those being common, a language shared by most cultures and races, and dwarven, a language that typically contains a lot of hard consonants and guttural sounds. In regards to separate communities, the sub-races of dwarves, there are currently four separate dwarf cultures. The hill dwarves are a deeply intuitive and extremely resilient people. They might not live in the mountains, but they are just as hardy and sturdy. They get a bonus to their wisdom score of 1, alongside the bonus to their constitution for being a dwarf. They also get a permanent and recurring bonus to their maximum HP, getting an additional 1 hit point at level 1, and they gain 1 additional hit point whenever they level up, on top of the normal amount that they would get. Mountain dwarves take pride in their strength and resilience, learning how to equip themselves in armor at a young age. Mountain dwarves get a bonus to their strength score of 1, and they gain proficiency with light and medium armors, allowing them to equip themselves to make themselves harder to take down in combat. In a far-off land, there are some dwarves born with a special mark infused with magic. Their bloodline has a touch of magic, and they have been marked with the mark of warding. A mark of warding dwarf typically works to protect and put wards and seals on valuables, and their abilities reflect that. They get a bonus to their intelligence of one, using their keen mind to figure out how to protect valuables or occasionally gain access to warded valuables. Whenever they make a check using their investigation skill based on their intelligence, they can roll a d4 and add it to the check. They can do the same if they are making a check using thieves tools, granting a small bonus to those checks. They gain some magic abilities, allowing them to cast the alarm spell and the mage armor spell, protecting themselves from being snuck up on, or protecting themselves from being hit as easily. At third level, in regards to the player level, 
They also gain the ability to cast the spell Arcane Lock, which can seal a door and keep enemies out. They use their intelligence as their casting ability when they cast these spells. They do not need material components for these spells when they cast them this way, but they are limited to casting each of these spells once per long rest. The last feature of this magical power is a few spells being added to their spell list if they have a spell list, which they can prepare or select when they learn new spells. These spells are fairly thematic in regards to warding and protecting themselves. The last subrace we'll cover is the Dwergar, also known as Grey Dwarves. This subrace has a tragic past, having been captured by horrid abominations called Mind Flayers or Illithids. These monsters subjected the Dwergar to psychic trauma for generations. Eventually, the Grey Dwarves rose up and overthrew their captors, rising above their oppressors. This oppression still lingers in their culture though, reflected in their rejection on displays of emotion other than fierce determination. Their crafts are utilitarian and serve a purpose, rather than being artistic or aesthetic in nature. They, having lived in the Underdark, deep catacombs far below the surface, rarely take up a life of adventuring, let alone living on the surface. To do so is an extraordinary feat for the Dwergar. They are as strong and sturdy as any other dwarf, getting a bonus to their strength of one. Since they are accustomed to the darkness of the caverns they typically reside in, their dark vision is extended to a range of 120 feet from that of other dwarves and their range of 60 feet. Since their oppressors in the past had meddled with their minds, their minds have become more resilient against such meddling. They have advantage on saving throws against illusions or being charmed or paralyzed. They also developed a few magical abilities, allowing them to cast the enlarge reduce spell on themselves once per long rest when they reach level 3, but can only cast the enlarge option. At 5th level, they can also cast invisibility on themselves as well once per long rest. Both spells use the Dwergar's intelligence as the spell ability, and the material components are not required to cast it, although they are not able to cast it in direct sunlight. Sunlight does not affect the spells once they are cast, though. This aversion to sunlight is also reflected in their sunlight sensitivity. If they are in direct sunlight, or what they are trying to perceive or attack is in direct sunlight, they have disadvantage on attack rolls or perception checks due to being entirely accustomed to the dark of the caverns in the Underdark. Dwarves are a strong and resilient race. They often make great frontline fighters, as their increased constitution gives them a boost to their health. Hill dwarves can make good clerics or druids due to their wisdom, and they can leverage the health boost to pull attacks from the enemies away from the frontline fighters that they are supporting. A Mark of Warding Dwarf can make a decent utility wizard, leveraging their spells and intuition to find solutions to problems 
while still being hardier than the typical magic user. Mountain dwarves can let classes that typically don't get access to good armor suit up to protect themselves and hit harder. Dwergar can leverage their magical abilities and strength in interesting ways as a frontline fighter, using their enlarged state to hit harder, or invisibility to sneak by some enemies to gain surprise on them. Dwarves are far more complex than I can cover in just this short discussion. Depending on where they hail from, their histories can be complex and messy and full of conflict, as is the way with any culture or race. This is not a reduction of the history, just an overview of some of their aspects, as all our discussion on any of the races will be. Until next time, speak to someone with a different viewpoint than yours, a different history. You may learn you're not that different. I'd like to thank you for listening, and I ask you to rate us highly on whatever channel you're using to listen. If you want to follow this on Twitter, check out at the Tavern Keep and tweet about us using hashtag Tavern Keep. If you want to support this project, other than sharing it on social media, you can check out the Patreon at patreon.com slash the Tavern Keeps Guide. I'm Ryan. And this has been the Tavern Keeps Guide. Thank you. Make sure to tip the barmaids.